Welcome to Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel. The decision of the United States Supreme Court in the case of Citizens United versus the Federal Elections Commission in January 2010 substantially changed the political process in the United States. That decision held that corporations have the same constitutional rights as have individual people. Four of the nine Supreme Court justices believe that the Citizens United decision was wrong. So many other Americans share that belief that a nationwide grassroots effort called Move to Amend has been organized to promote the 29th Amendment to the United States Constitution. This new amendment would declare the rights protected by the Constitution of the United States are the rights of natural persons only. Artificial entities such as corporations, limited liability companies, or other entities established by the law of any state, the United States, or any foreign state shall have no rights under the Constitution and are subject to regulation by the people through federal, state, or local law. A constitutional amendment requires two-thirds vote of approval in the House of Representatives and in the United States Senate. It then must be adopted by three-fourths or 38 of the 50 states to become the law of the land. Many city councils, including those of Los Angeles, New York, and Portland, Oregon, have passed resolutions urging their congressional representatives to support this amendment. Our guest in this edition of Radio Curious is David Cobb, an attorney from Texas, on leave from his trial practice to promote the adoption of this constitutional amendment. David Cobb visited the studios of Radio Curious on February 13, 2012, to talk about Move to Amend. We began our conversation when I asked him to explain why the Constitution should be amended to repeal the effect of the Citizens United decision. It's fair to say that the Move to Amend Coalition came together and was formed as a result of the Citizens United case in January of 2010. But I want to be clear, Barry, that neither myself nor any of the members of the Move to Amend Coalition believe that we had a functioning democratic republic before the Citizens United decision. The Citizens United decision simply builds upon a continued corporate takeover of our political system, our economic system, and continued use of our legal system to legalize the theft of American democracy. So let's stop there for a second. Continued corporate takeover. Let's talk about the elements of that. Sounds like there's a a concerted effort. Yes, and I would say there is a concerted effort. You know, Barry, I don't think that Radio Curious listeners will be surprised to learn that corporations are not merely exercising power in our country today. They are ruling us. They're making the fundamental public policy decisions that affect our lives on the day-to-day basis. With specific examples. Here you go. Um, The overwhelming majority of Americans want some form of single-payer health care system. That's what the polling data shows. However, during the recent health care debate, the insurance corporations poured millions of dollars into a process in order to control what outcome 
resulted. I could do the same thing with the fact that the overwhelming majority of Americans want an end to the illegal, immoral, and unconstitutional wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, and yet the bombs continue to fall. Polling data shows that the overwhelming majority of Americans would like to transition away from oil and coal, the fossil fuel industries that are fueling the global climate crisis, and yet we know that these energy corporations are controlling the energy policy of this country. So what you're talking about is lobby influence in Congress. That is one of the doctrines, Barry. And one legal doctrine is the idea that money equals speech, which was created in the 1970s by the U.S. Supreme Court and has been a series of cases built upon that premise that basically has allowed unfettered use of money, not only for lobbying, but also for campaign finances. The second legal doctrine at stake is the notion of corporate constitutional rights, where corporations and their lawyers can go into court and overturn democratically enacted laws that attempt to control corporate harm and abuse. For example? For example, uh, in the case of Hale versus Hinkle, where a, a environmental regulation had been enacted in order to prevent horizontal uh, slant wall drilling in the coal companies, that environmental regulation was overturned because it violated the equal protection rights of the coal corporations. That uh, corporations should have the equal protection among themselves as well as in comparison to people. Correct. And Barry, that's where it gets down to the shorthand that many of your listeners may have heard, which is corporate personhood. Corporate personhood is a shorthand way to describe the legal doctrine created by the courts that says a corporation should be considered a person under law entitled to constitutional protections the same way living, breathing human beings are. What's your understanding of the history of that? I know that it goes back to the land grants uh, during the exploration of North America about 500 years ago and, and prior to that as well. Well, the creation of the corporate charters on this country, certainly that is the case. The, 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 the land grants and the, and the for-profit joint stock companies such as the Massachusetts Bay Trading Colony uh, and others. But the idea that a corporation has inherent and alienable constitutional rights was actually created by the United States Supreme Court in 1886. The first case was Santa Clara County versus Union Pacific Railway Company, which was during the heyday of the robber baron or – Gilded Age, where railroad corporate lawyers went into court to argue to overturn taxing laws that had taxed land ownership differently. If, if a railroad company owned the land, it was taxed at a higher rate than if an individual human being owned the land. And the lawyers argued that a railroad corporation should be considered a person and that therefore taxing different persons – violated the Equal Protection Clause of the recently enacted 14th Amendment. So let's look at the move to amend goal. Tell us what it is. Well, it's quite simply to abolish in its entirety the illegitimate legal doctrine created by the courts that says corporations are entitled to constitutional rights and to abolish the legal doctrine that money equals speech. We want to make sure that we, the people, have the ability to not only control the integrity of our electoral process, but ensure that we actually have a functioning democratic republic so we, the people, can govern ourselves and pass laws at the local, state, or federal level that control the corporations that are created by the state chartering process. Corporations no longer being treated equal as people, 
as as people are treated under the Constitution. How would that be distinguished? Well, I want to really make it clear to your listeners, Barry, that corporations would still be considered, quote, persons for the purposes of following the law, being able to sue or be sued, having other legal privileges. What we're saying, and if listeners will go to the website move to amend.org, they'll see the exact language that we're proposing. And it simply says that only human beings have inherent inalienable constitutional rights. Think of it this way, Barry. Your rights, my rights, your listeners' rights as human beings are, are inalienable. They are not dependent upon the will of the majority or of political discourse. However, we argue that a corporation is created by state action through the chartering process. Therefore, any rights that a corporation have are only legal privileges. They're not actually constitutional rights, and so they are subject to democratic control. So when you talk about inalienable rights, what do you mean? I mean that we are recognizing the the concept of natural law, which is, although not codified in the Constitution, underlies the entire premise of American political philo- philosophical thought. I believe in civil liberties. I believe that I and you and your listeners have inherent and alienable rights because I'm a human being and that it is illegitimate for government to infringe upon those core rights. That's the point, Barry. Corporations may do important things, and I certainly support the creation of corporations for uh, facilitating certain projects and, and having work done. I support commerce, but I would never argue, and I don't think any rational listener is going to argue, that concentrated capital has the same inherent constitutional rights that living, breathing human beings have. The phrases in the Declaration of Independence address inalienable rights. And you're saying those are being co-opted by corporations? Absolutely. And I could give you a list of cases, at least 20 to 30, off the top of my head where corporate lawyers have successfully argued that local, state, or even federal laws have violated the, quote, constitutional rights of corporations, and therefore those laws have been overturned. And I want to be clear, Barry, that means environmental protection laws, worker safety laws, public health laws, and of course, most recently in the Citizens United case, campaign finance laws. And I understand those as being characterized by fundamental rights, uh, the right to vote, uh, the right to procreate, the right to use or not use contraception, the right to teach. Uh, the right to speak. Uh, the right to speak. The as right long to as free- you're not uh, yelling fire in a theater. Uh, the right to stand on a street corner and object to income tax without uh, fear of being shot. The right of equal protection of the laws, that the laws will be provided okay. equally. The the right to assemble, the right to petition for redress of government. Those are all constitutional rights. And those are the ones that have been characterized as fundamental rights that cannot be controlled unless there's a compelling state reason to do so. And if as long as the legislative action is very narrowly tailored to meet only the compelling state interest, yes. That's right. Okay. So that's what we're talking about. That is correct. Okay. So in talking about it, then let's be specific with the proposed constitutional amendment, which you are moving forward with. Let's, uh, let's look at the language. Okay. Can you share with us who's regulated and the scope of the regulation by the proposed 28th Amendment? Well, what we're talking about is the fact that crea- creations of the state, 
corporations, for-profit corporations, not-for-profit corporations, etc., whatever legal privileges they may have under law are subject to the democratic process. However, human beings, also known as natural persons, our rights are not subject to being regulated unless they meet the compelling state interest that you've described earlier. The language says uh, corporations, limited liability companies, and other entities established by the laws of any state. What are the other entities? Well, there are limited liability companies that are not actually corporations. There are LLCs. There are business partnerships. There are trade unions. There are nonprofits. There are for-profits. There are 527s. The point that we're making is any entity that is created through the operation of local, state, or federal law can be subject to restriction by the local, state, or federal governmental agency that creates it. The goal is that they be subject to restriction. Correct. By a vote of the legislative body uh, governing that jurisdiction. That's correct. And not subject to being overridden by a court. Correct. And the point is, Barry, that currently the unelected and basically unaccountable federal judiciary are overturning democratically enacted laws. For example, the Citizens United case, which has gotten so much attention, which it should, let's underscore the fact that the court, in an act of supreme judicial activism, overturned the McCain-Feingold laws. You know, John McCain, Republican, Russ Feingold, Democrat, a bipartisan law that had broad public support. And even, by the way, with that law in place, $5 billion poured into the 2008 federal election process. And then the Roberts Court had the audacity to say that it treated the wealthy like a, quote, oppressed minority. And it was up to the court to come in and protect them from the democratic process and to protect corporations from the democratic process. And that's the point. The legal doctrines combined, corporate personhood and money equals speech, has turned our democratic republic on its head. And it's literally allowing, empowering, legalizing an oligarchic rule in these United States of America. Can you define oligarchy? Sure. It's when a small, wealthy elite rule the country. The 99%. How about that? Okay. In this edition of Radio Curious, we're visiting with David Cobb, who is one of the leaders and motivators of the Move to Amend project to propose a 28th Amendment to the United States Constitution to allow local and federal and state jurisdictions to limit or regulate and prohibit contributions and expenditures uh, regarding political activities, influencing of elections for public office or ballot measures. You're listening to Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel. David, we talked about the process that must be employed to amend the Constitution. You want to describe the details? Sure. The U.S. Constitution provides the mechanism for its amendment in Article 5. There are two ways to amend the Constitution. The first way is to have a proposal come from two-thirds of Congress. The second way is to have a proposal to call for a state convention, which can be called by two-thirds of the states. Either way, the ratification process will require three-quarters of the states to ratify it. 
Of course, there is a quick quip to say that a third way to amend the Constitution is to get five Supreme Court justices to agree to do so, which is what we have seen so often in the past. And virtually every time corporate constitutional rights have been expanded, it's been because five, six Supreme Court justices at the behest of the ruling elite have done so. So what I understand you're doing, and one of the reasons why you're visiting in Mendocino County, is to heighten public awareness for a measure that um, may well be on the ballot in Mendocino County in November of 2012, uh, to encourage the elected representatives at the federal level to support an amendment to the Constitution that we've been talking about. Absolutely right, and I'm very excited to share with Radio Curious listeners that this is already happening. There are petitioning efforts going on in Salt Lake City, in Corvallis, Oregon. Any day now, they'll begin in Mendocino County. And even more importantly, Barry, we have already successfully deployed the tactic of the voter instruction ballot initiative in Boulder, Colorado, Missoula, Montana, Madison, Wisconsin, and in Dane County, Wisconsin, which is where the city of Madison is located. And get this, when we've gotten it on the ballot and voters get to vote on their opinion, we win by 74, 75, and up to 82% of the vote. This has support across party identification labels, across ideologies. We the people are coming together around what is really actually a quite a simple matter. Only human beings have inherent rights under our Constitution. Corporations should exist, but they should not be allowed to hijack our electoral process or overturn democratically enacted laws. The outcome of those votes is not binding. They are a statement of the electorate's preference. So it's an attempt to move the members of the House of Representatives and the United States Senate, uh, two-thirds of them, to adopt the proposal to an amendment to the Constitution that would then go to the states where three-quarters of the states would have to pass it. Well, that's right. So my question then is, what makes you think that the lobbyists would not have the same effect of stopping it as they have had with regard to national health care or the wars? Because the difference, quite honestly, is that this movement is taking itself much more seriously. How is that being done? How do we see that? Because... Besides you here in the studios of Radio Curious. (laughs) Because as I'm traveling around the country, what we're seeing is an awareness. Ya basta. Enough already. The Occupy Wall Street movement uh, that's sweeping across the country. You know, Move to Amend would never dare to speak for Occupy, but we're happy to collaborate with Occupy. And I can tell you that the 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 failures, quite honestly, of the healthcare movement or the anti war movement were that they did not take themselves sufficiently seriously. They did not politicize the 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 sentiment against the war. They were not willing to look a congressional candidate in the eye and say, if you don't get on the right side of this issue, you're going to get on the wrong side of me as a voter. And I'm here to tell you, as somebody who is traveling the country, I'm in a different community virtually every night for half of my life, there is a seriousness taking place in this country that people are girding themselves for 
a long struggle. You bet the lobbyists are going to be fighting back against us, and we are going to meet that challenge. And at the end of the day, Barry, we're not just trying to influence elected officials. We're telling them you are going to either get on the right side of this issue or you are going to be replaced. Nothing personal. We're going to go into the Democratic Party primaries, the Republican Party primaries. We're going to have independents running. We are going to make this an issue that is a which side are you on moment. That sounds very similar to what uh, is being told to Republican candidates to sign an oath not to raise taxes. As a tactic, it is very similar. So how do you distinguish it between the don't raise taxes issue and the move to amend issue? Well, as it, it's, the tactic is the same. It is a political demand. The difference is what is the demand? I mean, I guess the point is, Barry, I applaud the fact that the right wing takes itself so seriously and has been able to make demands that elected representatives listen to. And since you've asked the question, let's just acknowledge and, and realize the fact that the problem with the progressive left in this country has been that we make broad statements, but we don't actually hold elected officials accountable for them. And if we actually take a lesson from the effectiveness of the Tea Party movement or Grover Norquist or others and take ourselves appropriately seriously, we actually have the majority support in this country. Poll after poll after poll shows the majority of Americans actually believe in a progressive agenda on issue after issue after issue. The problem has been that progressives continue to vote for corporatist, militarist candidates who are not actually advocating a progressive agenda. So what's the source of that cognitive disconnect as you see it? I don't know. I don't have it. So I, I, I honestly, I, I don't know what it has been, but I can tell you this, that cognitive dissonance is fading away. And in large part, it's I, the evidence I have for that is the, the, the Occupy movement that has burst onto the scene that is very clear that they're not going to be co-opted by either of the two established parties, that they're going to build an independent political force, and they are going to be taking their demands and their vision and their dreams into every aspect of American society, including the ballot box. Well, David Cobb, I want to ask about you. Why you, an attorney from Texas who's currently not practicing, why have you taken on this project? Well, because I believe in the principle of the United States of America being a democratic republic. You know, Barry, Quite honestly, when I was taught what this country was built upon, the, the, the ideals, I believed them. I was so proud to be an American as a little boy, and I'm doing this work because I am committed to making the promise of a democratic republic a reality in the United States. You know, I spent a decade trying to use the legal system for justice and fairness, and, and, and I ultimately came to realize that with a little bit of luck and a you know a good fact pattern and a and a good jury panel and the right judge i might be able to get a little bit of justice you know in an individual fact or in individual circumstances but that the legal system basically just perpetuates the existing institutions and because i know the existing institutions are actually racist sexist class oppressive and that our economic institutions are destroying the planet we depend upon it for life itself we need a movement that will address political economic, and legal institutions. And I believe that Move to Amend is the best reflection of the values 
of the United States of America. And they're values that are not just issues. These are actually the principles upon which we will govern ourselves. It's the reason that principled conservatives and principled liberals are actually coming together. It's the reason that our support cuts across party lines or party affiliations. I'm doing this work because I believe in what America is supposed to be, what I was taught it would be when I was a little boy. How do you support yourself doing this line of work? Donations. Uh, honestly, donations come in at the twenty-five, fifty, hundred dollar level. <laughs> Ordinary folks are, are supporting this effort, and a portion of that goes to you to support uh, you as you travel around. That's right. I I I, may, I should say I make about ten percent of what I made when I was a successful trial lawyer. But don't feel too sorry for me because I'm about 10 times happier. So it all balances out. I understand that <laughs> from personal experience. As a lawyer who practices a lot of support your radio habit, I bet you do understand. Well, David Cobb, I want to thank you for being with us on Radio Curious. And before we close, there's three questions. One is about a eureka or an aha moment in your life that gave you a principle or a concept that you carry with you. Well, the one that comes immediately to mind occurred to me when I was a little boy. I was, I don't know, five, six years old, and I was arguing with my brother and my cousin Joe Michael on the floor. I think it was over a car toy. I know it was a toy. And I remember my mama came to us, and she got down on our level, first and foremost, calmed us down, spent the time to to, to, to calm us a little bit, and then very lovingly explained that there were three of us, one, two, three, and only one of these toys. See, just one. So we can either share it by sharing the time together or look at all the other toys that we have around us and we could play with different ones. But the point is, she said, all we had to do was learn to share. And you know what, Barry? That made sense to me then and it makes sense to me now. The reality is we live in a beautiful, verdant very generous Mother Earth. There is enough for everybody if we'll just learn to share. And tell us what you would like to do with the remainder of your one precious life. Well, I feel completely uh, actualized, actually, by engaging myself as a citizen, as somebody who is actively participating in influencing the decisions that affect my life. And that's the reason that I work on Move to Amend, because I intend to actually be part of a movement that amends the United States Constitution. Do you personally have any political aspirations? No. That said, is there a uh, book that you can recommend <laughs> to us? You know, I think the best book uh, on this subject that I would recommend is called Gangs of America by Ted Nace. I'm happy to tell your listeners that Ted makes it available for free online. You can download that book. Another book that's very good that hasn't come out yet but soon will is called Corporations Are Not People by my good friend Jeff Clements. David Cobb, thank you very much for being with us on Radio Curious. Thank you for this opportunity. It was a real privilege. David Cobb is an attorney from Texas on leave from his trial practice to work as an organizer for the Move to Amend. The Move to Amend website is movetoamend.org. The books that David Cobb recommends are Gangs of America, The Rise of Corporate Power and the Disabling of Democracy by Ted Nace, and Corporations Are Not People, 
Why They Have More Rights Than You Do and What You Can Do About It by Jeffrey D. Clements. The Move to Amend website is movetoamend.org. All editions of Radio Curious are free for anyone, anywhere, to listen, download, and enjoy. There are about 400 archive editions on our website, www.radiocurious.org. You may subscribe to our podcast at our website. Our email is curious at radiocurious.org, and the phone is 707 707- Four six two six five four one. You've been listening to Radio Curious. Christina Anastad is the associate producer. I'm host and producer Barry Vogel. Thank you for listening.